let me take 10, 15 minutes and uh, preach slash prophesy to you um, about something I feel like the Lord is locked in on. If it's just personal me, then you do what you want to do. I preach prophetically anyway. Um, some people are expository teachers. I love those guys. They're awesome and gals. They're just great teachers. That's, that's not me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a prophetic preacher. Um, what that means is, is I pray per themes and words in season. I love my Bible. I love to break down Bible. I'm, I'm a Bible guy, man. I love it, love it, love it, love it. But I tend to preach prophetically. I'm going to do that a little bit extra even tonight and say some things and say some phrases to you, okay? And so you just test these things in the Lord and by the word of God. I'm going to read some scriptures in the middle of it, but I've got an aim here, and I think it's an aim of the Holy Spirit, if not always, especially now. 2020 vision uh, by resurrected faith. Obviously, you don't have to have a prophetic IQ to start talking about vision for 2020, right? I mean, it's an easy give. I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but it is 2020, and it's hard not to talk about vision a little bit. We're going to do that at the citywide prayer and at risk of being cheesy, but uh, we believe the Lord is helping us. And I am using this phrase, by resurrected faith with intentionality, and let me unpack this just for a minute. I think that God is about purifying our faith. I think he's about getting us a place to faith. He responds on earth to faith. There's just no way around it. I'm not a faith guy, meaning I'm not from that stream. I'm not saying good or bad about that stream, I'm, but I'm from the Bible stream. And so faith, there's Jesus operated uh, when there was faith uh, present. He, he would ask people, do you believe? Often, right? And so I don't want to get you into some weird place of, oh, I got to work out my faith. That's why God's not doing stuff. That's, that's not really my point. But I also don't want you to dodge the call to deeper faith of trusting God because there's no way around it. Our God operates by faith. He operates in our lives corporately and individually about it. So I think what he's after is not just more prayer meetings, not just bigger, fuller meetings. I think he's after a purified faith in his people. He, that's what he's going to meet. That's where he's going to dynamically manifest what he's going to do is when there's a faith uh, that meets him at his word and trust him. So, I believe he's saying this. I am changing the default position. I am changing default positions of thinking and calibrating tongues of speaking to come into alignment with resurrection creative faithing. And yes, I made up a word. My slide person had to ask me, you misspelled a word. I'm like, no, I didn't. I just made it up. So, faithing. I'm changing, I feel like the Lord's saying this, I'm changing the default positions of thinking and calibrating tongues of speaking to come into alignment and agreement with resurrection creative faithing. I believe that our default thinking positions have been rooted in unbelief, despair, selfishness, and various things. I believe he's shifting that. Our thinking culture has got to be shifted. Our speaking manifestation has got to be shifted if we're going to be the people of faith that he wants us to be. So, in Romans 4.17, the, the dialogue about faith, Paul's talking about uh, Abraham's faith. And he says this verse, as it is written, I have made you, Abraham, the father of many nations... And in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. 
That verse stuck out to me as it relates to what God's doing with purifying our faith. The Amplified is like this. As it is written, I've made you the father of many nations. He, who was, he was appointed our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. That's what that sentence means, is that the kind of God that Abraham had, who is old when he gets called, and as good as dead, is what the Bible will say, when his wife gets pregnant, given up on it all, if you will, in his own body, that kind of, the kind of God he's got is the kind of God that resurrects dead things and calls things that are not as though they already are. That's the that's the God. I mean, what a description of Yahweh. I mean, he's the God who splits seas. He's the God who heals people's bodies. But my, my, this is at the far extremities of the glory of who Yahweh is. He's a God who says, it's dead. That's no problem for me. I can resurrect it. It doesn't exist. doesn't matter. Exist in my heart, in my mind, in my word, and it's going to manifest. This is the kind of God we serve. Abram from 75 to 99, when he first got called, had faith enough to obey God, leave his father's country, obey some commands, and to try for the fulfillment of God's promises. He put, he was operating by faith, but he also was going to get Hagar and stuff from Egypt to try to build stuff. He had a mixed faith, Abram. But Abraham, the name he gets at 99, when he's as good as dead, as I said, had faith that believed that dead things would live and non-existent things would manifest. He's a brand new guy. He's got 25 years of cooking, walking with, listen, a mixed faith, a mixed faith that gets discouraged, that tries to borrow from the world and is not 100% believing. It's still trying to help God fulfill his stuff. That's not Abraham. Abraham gets to the position and the place with a changed identity, circumcised at 99, flesh cut off. There he is. Old man needs a miracle. And he's in the perfect position for God to manifest his power. How many of you know God loves the realm of impossibility? He loves it. He loves it because he loves to show his glory. And so he likes it when we get between a Red Sea and an army that wants to kill us. It's a great time to trust God and to have a miracle that brings him glory. So the womb that produces answers to the promise of God, I believe, is called resurrection faith. You can have a faith that's not, I believe, resurrection faith. It's believing, it's still working, but it's still mixed. The Lord, I believe, must gut, cut out, our mixed faith of its weaknesses, which are rooted in the fear of death and the wrong estimate of the impossible. I believe the Lord is refining our faith. Please listen to me here. Pace with me. This is what I believe the Holy Spirit's doing through in so many of our lives. He, he wasn't just trying to see if we, would, if we could gut through a hard year last year. He was setting fires to burn mixture out of our lives because there's still mixture in our faith. Besides our actions, our faith are still mixed up, and he wants our faith purified. So he needs to gut out of our mixed faith that weakness that's rooted in, listen, this thing, the fear of death and a wrong estimate of the impossible. Resurrection faith is the manifestation of one who's gone deep into the revelation of eternal life. 
which removes the veil of fear, which blocks pure kingdom vision. You're not going to be able to overcome in this life until you by faith have overcome the fear of death. And the fear of death has been broken by the resurrected one. And so he's got to bring us to points of death, points of impossibility, so that it can, by the pressure, expose a faith that's not really a faith in the fullness of what God can do. It took Abraham 100 years to get there in his own personal life. But when he was there, here comes baby Isaac, and there's no hesitation when God tells him to take teenage Isaac and sacrifice him on a mountain. Have you ever read that story? It's a phenomenal thing. I mean, it's not only shocking, take your son, the fulfillment of the prophetic promise. There's the thing that's shocking to me is not the call. It's no hesitation from Abraham. He did, it just says in the text clearly, so he went and got the wood, he got the horse, got his boy, and headed up there to kill his son. It's unbelievable. There's no hesitation. No, what if? What will you do? How can you do this? Well, Hebrews 11, the apostle, will tell us why. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offer, offering up his one and only son, of whom it is said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered, this is what the apostle says about Abraham's heart, he considered that God was even able to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back from the dead. So what he's telling us is that Abraham had progressed in his faith to a place the reason that he did not hesitate, he believed and knew Isaac is the way that all the promises are fulfilled. God just told me to kill Isaac, to sacrifice him. But what he says is the reason he's got confidence is because his heart is convicted and convinced that even if I have to go all the way through and I got the knife up and it plunges down into my son, my God has the ability to immediately raise him up from the dead. Abraham, as far as we know in our Bible, never saw the resurrection of the dead. Had never even witnessed any of that. But something had happened in him by the dealings of God and a purity of faith that he will not hesitate. If I kill the process, the, 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 the literal vessel through which all my prophetic promises will be fulfilled, God can raise that from the dead. I will not hesitate. I'll obey and I'll watch the miracle happen. I wonder where you are. I wonder where you are. I wonder where you are in your dialogue with an enemy that's trying to tell us that God has failed us. And it finally was done when that last nail went into the situational coffin. I wonder how you're doing. I wonder if despair has come. I wonder if you've got disbelief and you've embraced, this is too hard for God. God can't do this. If that's still existing within your faith, God loves you and he's still working on you. Because we've got to get to the place that the impossible is possible, the non-existent will manifest, and even what's dead can be raised up. Some of you have thought that relationship, that circumstance, that situation died. There's no more hope. I'm telling you, that's not true. All that's set up is a place of miracle for God. God is standing outside your Lazarus grave ready to say the name ready to raise that thing up and to get it out of its grave clothes and move it along. And he is, I mean, intent on getting our faith to that place. 2019 burning was all about 2020 trusting. I think 2019 burning was all about 2020 trusting, okay? 
In this you rejoice in 1 Peter 1, now that for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, all y'all people, various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by the fire, may be found to result in the praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The fire has come to burn out the impurities out of our faith so that our trust would grow and be green. I think in the prayer movement, I'm a prayer guy, and I'll tell you this though, we can fill stadiums up, stadiums up with thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of intercessors. And if they're not praying by faith, we're moving nothing on planet Earth. If it's not the prayer of faith, we can pray all day, night, and night and day, but if it's not in faith, we're gonna receive nothing. It's clear from the scripture. God does not look, he's not answering orphan beggars who are scared to death and kind of half believe. He's not. He's clearly saying, I, James is going to tell us this, but let him who asks for wisdom, ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts, this is what he's going to say about them. They're like the waves of sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that they're going to receive anything from the Lord. Don't do that. Don't expect anything from the Lord if you're doubting, for he's a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. Now, I want to, the pastoral side of me wants to say to all of you, don't get in condemnation because you don't have enough faith. But I'm telling you, the prophetic side of me is this, don't let your faith stay mixed. Don't let your faith stay in the place where death can still beat it and the fear of death and the impossible can still intimidate you. God wants to get you to a greater place so he can birth his glory in a greater day. The Holy Spirit, I believe, is working in all of us working to produce a fearless womb of faith that bursts the glory and the government of Christ on earth. You and I, like Mary, are to say, fiat, as, it is, as you've said it unto me, let it be. Doesn't matter if I'm a virgin. Doesn't matter if I'm barren. Doesn't matter if my body's as good as dead. If you said it, this thing is going to manifest. He's looking for people that will believe all the way to and through the grave. All the way to and through the grave. So... Why can 2020 be green for us? Why can it shine with fruitfulness as he showed us last, week, last year? It's because we believe. It's because we believe. Because our faith is rising. By an increase of prayer, we mean an increase of faith-filled intimacy and inheritance. We don't mean just more prayer. You can just talk, 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 and think somehow God's going to hear you because you're talking more. I think some people get in a works mentality in prayer ministry. If I pray a certain amount of hours, then God owes me. I've twisted his arm and he's got to move. Does everybody know God doesn't operate like that? He doesn't operate like that. He's not looking for how many hours you pray. He's looking for the quality of your prayer. A 30-second prayer in faith is better than a 30-hour prayer in mixture and fear. I'm telling you, you might think it's a religious spirit that says, oh, they prayed 30 hours. God owes them. No, he does not. He wants to meet you at a place of faith that says you're trustworthy. I believe you no matter what. I'm believing your word. I'm in. I'm in. And so he's wanting to not only build more prayer in our city, in our lives, it's not that the prayer is really just the vessel for the faith. And so I would ask you tonight, are you agreeing with his agenda to help you step into a faith-filled, listen, faith-filled, fear-free 2020 and believe a great God for great things. I wonder if you're ready for that.
Are you ready to step in, this last sentence, Michelle, step into a faith-filled, fear-free 2020, believing great things of a great God? This is where he's taking us, I think. This is what he's doing with the church, not only here, but all across the city. There's been too much mixture. We've made too many excuses. We've had many, too many props. We've had too many things we can lean on. And he's bringing us, it's his good graciousness that brings us to points of desperation. It really is. That brings us to points of pinned-inness so that he can expose every trace of panic and fear that's rooted in, I'm going to lose my life. Once that is dealt with in a powerful way, and you can say to live is Christ, to die is gain, I have eternal life. Even if my body shall lay down, yet shall I live. When he breaks the power of the fear of death off you, it begins to lay low all the other fears that aren't quite as big as that one. He also wants to just increase our faith that if God says something, we don't have to see it to believe that it exists. And it's such a ridiculous, childlike, crazy thing to do it illogical, but to begin to say what God... It's a crazy moment when, it, when, I've said this before, when Sarah is saying, Abraham, come to dinner, what is she saying to him? What's his name mean? Father of many, it's time to eat. And he's got one kid on the ground that came the wrong way, Ishmael. But she's speaking by faith. He's saying no longer Sarah, princess, he's saying Sarah, mother of many. They begin to get their mind in their mouth into agreement with what God had said. And if it took 25 or 50 more years, God's going to do what he promises. And we begin to think like it. We begin to say like it. And we don't care how foolish we look. We're going to believe God and trust him. Amen. Jesus, on that night with Peter, Satan has asked to sift you. Remember? He's come to sift you. And it's a shocking statement back. He didn't say, I told him no. What did he say? I prayed for your faith. When you return, meaning this is going to go bad for a while, encourage the brethren. Jesus' focus wasn't on Peter's reputation. It was on Peter's faith. He, want, he prayed for his faith. He let the sifting come, and that Failure took him to, two, to new levels of faith. And so I hope you'll know this, that Jesus is praying for your faith. He's praying for your faith. He's giving you his faith. He's imparting that into you. And he wants us to receive that so we can walk in the supernatural power and grace that he's given us. And so, Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you bless everyone in this room. Those that will listen to this later, I'm asking that we would agree with your program of purifying our faith. I pray every bit of fear rooted in death, the fear of death, every bit of fear rooted in we can't see it so it can't be, would be removed from the palate of our faith. I praise you for your wise dealings with us, with me, to let some fires burn that I wish would go out, but you're cooking and cooking and bringing up something that's holy and pure. I pray that we all would have a fresh surrender in our lives. to trust your deep dealings. And I ask in the city, we would be a Bethany, not a Nazareth. Jesus could do few miracles in Nazareth because of their unbelief. 
He was stunned by their unbelief. Let Wichita not be that. Let us be a Bethany. We are welcomed. We believe. People crowd at the door to be delivered and be healed. Lord, I pray for a city of faith, a church in the city that believes you beyond what they see, that's not intimidated by death any longer or the fear of death. Lord, I pray for faith to break out, in our, an, just an outbreak of holy faith to break out in the body of Christ. Change us from Abram to Abraham. Change us from Jacob to Israel. Let there be an identity change, we pray, in the body of Christ. In Jesus' name.